Welcome to What The If. Philip Shane, here for your listening pleasure. I'm a documentary filmmaker and a science nerd. With me is someone who uh, ranks much higher than a nerd. He is a geek, and mm-hmm. even okay. way higher than that, a professor. Matthew Stanley. <clears throat> professor Geek. Yeah. Professor mm-hmm. Geek. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, like in German, you, you can just stack your titles together. So you're professor, doctor, and then Herr professor, doctor. So uh, I think I'm technically, yeah, professor geek. Yeah, yeah. I'm willing to accept that. I, I am also a professor of hair. That's about the limit. My skills. I don't think I can teach anyone anything about hair. <laughs> yeah. My hair is oh, I disagree. I unique. Disagree. <laughs> um, so we have a very special... Uh, guest uh if today and that is a f- uh we have a special guest in fact in studio uh, that's right physically present physically present uh mika fryer did i say that right micah micah see mm-hmm. like that, the mineral ex- yeah micah exactly i love oh micah is a great mineral um so uh, Micah Fryer, a neuroscience student at New York University, is in-house along with Howard Jung, one of our fabulous staff members, uh, is here. And he brought his friend Micah with him. And Micah stumbled in early in the morning into mm-hmm. uh, the uh, What the If Worldwide Studios in Washington Square um, with a brilliant idea. Um what the if? Time ran backwards. backwards. Dun dun. Back- what? Uh, this is uh, today's. Uh, That's right. If this were if this were a David Lynch movie. Yep. Somebody would walk in and start talking backwards right now. Exactly. Uh, as as much as my life is like a David Lynch movie, I am not able to do that. When I was in high school or college, I went to a Pink Floyd concert. Nice. At the Capitol Center in Washington, D.C., outside of Washington, D.C. And uh, after the concert, walking back to our car, we were approached by a, uh, a, a dude. <laughs> it's probably the best description. Mm-hmm. Who said, hey, man, you want to uh, you got to check out this tape. And he handed us a tape like a cassette tape. And we were like, cool. And we looked at it and it said Pink Floyd back masking tape. And so as we got in the car and rode home, we popped that thing into the tape player. Uh, of course. In, in the car, the cassette player. And it was Pink Floyd music backwards. Uh, and so we basically huh. heard the devil. That was, <laughs> that was the nice. idea. Nice. And did it happen? I mean, back in the old days of the satanic panic, that's how yeah. uh, the evil messages were supposed to be conveyed to our youth, right? So did you get any special instructions about how to, you know, murder people and things? Yes, this is how I became who I am now. Okay, that makes sense. How you ended up in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it increased my appreciation for Pink Floyd even more because, uh, you know, spawned of the devil or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, boy, those were good times. So this is a brilliant question. What if time could run backwards? What yeah, does so that I should say mean? our yeah that that's yeah that is kind of the question we have to ask. So as your experience with the Pink Floyd tape 
suggests is it suggests that it should be really it should be really different, right? You should be able to tell when things are running different because instead of being the music being, you know, mellow and transcendental, it's horrifying and upsetting. Right. It, it seems like intuitively we should know that there's there's something different there. Right. Um, but uh, let's see here. So physics types in the 19th century, though, um, when they start pondering this problem, um, realize that physics does not generally agree with that. Right. Um, so like if you write out a lot of equations in physics have time as a parameter in them, um, T, right? T. And then okay. you, you plug in T equals six seconds or whatever, and then you calculate and you get your answer. Um, but it so happens that in the fundamental equations of mechanics, which is sort of the, the branch of physics that deals with motion and forces and things like that, um, T always appears squared, T squared. Okay. Now, if um, time runs the other way, the way you indicate reverse direction in an equation is with a minus sign. Right. So now if minus six seconds elapses, what's T squared? Positive 36. Still, Still 36, right? Yeah. Whether time runs forward or backward, you get the same result from your equation. Okay. All right. So the... The, the way you interpret this yes. is to say that the, the laws of mechanics, the, 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 the physical rules that govern the motion of bodies, don't care whether time runs forward or backwards. They, they do not distinguish an order of time, an arrow of time, as we like to say. In the Errol Morris documentary about, uh, well, actually called A Brief History of Time, based on Stephen Hawking's book, uh, mm -hmm. which is an excellent film, by the way, if you haven't yeah. watched it. Uh, there's a repeated image in there of uh, egg breaking, uh, I think. Right. And also a, like water or milk splashing onto the ground or something. And throughout the movie, mm -hmm. you see it going, it'll play forward and it'll play backwards. And clearly all the pieces of an egg, a shattered eggshell and yolk and all that stuff, so mm -hmm. the idea of them coming all back together and then forming this egg is insane. But Stephen Hawking right. there is telling us, no, that's okay. That's allowed, right? Um, and there's all sorts of, it, it doesn't take much thinking to come up with a whole list of those sorts of things like an egg breaking um, that seem obviously directional in time, right? You never see an egg unbreak. You never see an egg unscramble. Um, the cream never comes out of your coffee, right? There's all these sorts of things that, that, um, uh, that, that seem to only happen in one direction in time. So what we have is this deep mismatch between our conscious experience of the world and what physics says it should be. Um, so this is known as the arrow of time problem in uh -huh. physics, which is why is it that time seems to run in one direction? Um, and one of the, uh, the popular solutions involves uh, a sub-branch of physics called thermodynamics. Mm. All right. So the second law, the first law of thermodynamics is the conservation of energy. Um, energy is neither created nor destroyed. And that has the same problem as the billiard balls. So any kind of energy transfer 
can go both ways. Um, but then the second law of thermodynamics um, says that's not quite right. And in fact, there is a property, a physical property that increases with time, and that's called entropy. Um, so originally, the second law is formulated to solve um, or to describe the, the particular version of this that happens with steam engines, right? These are all scientists studying steam engines in the 19th century. Um, and so with a steam engine, you take some coal and you set it on fire and then that that fire runs your steam engine for a little bit and then the coal is gone. This is a this is uh, the beginning of climate change. Horrible. Uh, that is correct. Yeah, that's right. That one chunk of of black rock that yeah. James Watt sets fire to. Um, so that and we never see a steam un engine spontaneously run backwards and make coal. Uh, right. right for, I, I was just thinking of like a train running back, uh, steam train running backwards. But this, yeah, that would but, mean right. that the steam comes into the smoke in smokestack of the of the train. The yeah, train that's is right. And I should say that is, that is not forbidden by the laws of mechanics. <laughs> but the this one way transfer of concentrated energy to dissipated energy <laughs> to the thermodynamicists seems so fundamental that they elevate it to a principle of nature <laughs> and say this this always happens. So um, the the technical quantity here is entropy, and we say that entropy is a um, it, it's a discrete quantity that you can can calculate, and you always have more of it after some kind of thermodynamic process than you have before it. Right. right. And um, uh, another word, and, another way to think about entropy, I feel like, is just order or something. Like, in other words, yep. the, the egg together, or let's say the coal. I like yeah. that. That's even more simple. So this little lump of coal, all the pieces of it are together, stuck. It's like... Yeah, that's right. So this is right. So this is exactly the, the kind of questions people are asking in like the 1860s, uh -huh. um, which is, okay, entropy increases. What do we mean by entropy? And one of the answers given is, as you just say, it's a measure of disorder. Um, so the classic example here is uh, you take a deck of cards, okay? okay. Yeah. Um, and the deck of cards comes from the factory uh, ordered by suit and value, right? Okay. Okay. Um, so you've got the... Uh, the two of clubs and three of clubs and four of clubs all in order. And then after you play a game with those cards, they're disorderly. Uh, okay, right. That's great. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not like you were intentional of making the cards less orderly. It's just that as you use them, they get moved around mm -hmm. and they're no longer in that orderly state. So they say that's that any energy process like burning coal is like that. So coal is an orderly arrangement of molecules. Um, and then in the process of burning it, it becomes a disorderly arrangement of molecules. And that's what we mean by entropy, um, is that things become more disorderly with time. Right. Um, and that's, uh, so then the reason um, a, a broken egg never reassembles is because a uh, solid egg, right, an intact egg, is an orderly arrangement, and then a broken egg is a disorderly arrangement. So nature likes to go from order to disorder and not vice versa. Right. And another example I've heard is uh, a book, for instance, has pages in it. The pages are mm -hmm. all numbered. So that book with the pages, with the numbers of the pages 
going perfectly sequentially, one, two, three, four, five, all the way up to 500 or something, uh, yeah. that's very high entropy or low entropy. It's very low entropy low because it's entropy. well ordered. Yeah. Extremely well ordered. And mm -hmm. if yeah. you were to rip all those pages out and throw them in the air and the papers go all over the place, they're not going, we do not expect them to fall exactly on top of each other and yep. attach themselves right. to a binding and yeah, but you could rearrange them yourself, right? If you wanted to, you could reduce the disorder of that system, uh -huh. but it takes energy to do so. Ah, okay. Right? Right. You have to put, you have to do do work, capital W in, in the physics sense, right. um, to actually uh, reduce the order of the system. So I should say this is something that's often misunderstood is there's often a sense that um, the second law says you can never reduce disorder in a system. And that's not the case. So, for instance, your refrigerator, um, by reducing the temperature, is a anti-entropy machine. Oh, the trick, though, what the second law does demand is that if you're reducing entropy in one place, you have to increase it somewhere else. So there's a there's a, there's the, the total entropy in the universe increases, but creating local um, more orderly systems is not a big deal. Right. So your fridge um, reduces entropy in your cheese. <laughs> at the cost of increasing the entropy um, in your kitchen as a whole. So, right. you know, the back of your fridge is hot. Right. right. So essentially that's what a fridge does is it takes entropy out of your cheese and puts it into your kitchen oh, more broadly. Right. And then you run your and then your kit because your kitchen gets hot, you run your air conditioner and your air conditioner <laughs> reduces entropy in your kitchen at the price of increasing entropy in Brooklyn. Literally the price, because right. that's, that's not right. cheap. It is literally. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> it takes money and energy and focus. So you can yeah. move entropy around. Right. Um, and that has a weird effect, too. So if we, if we say, okay, second law of thermodynamics um, suggests there's an arrow of time, and that's actually a measure of entropy. So we know that right now there's more entropy in the universe than there was five minutes ago. Um, and that's how we distinguish the present from the past. And then we say there will be more entropy in the future. And that um, means basically and if that we, the, the universe is yeah. more disordered. More, more disorderly. Yeah. Yep. And disorderly. if you see my office, you know that's the case. Right? I was going to say, or any classroom, <laughs> <laughs> as time goes on, becomes more disorderly. Yeah. Um, but remember that time is, is a thing we perceive as conscious entities. So does that suggest we have entropy detectors like in our head? Mm. Mm. Um, that would be the implication. That is, if we want the arrow of time to be explained by entropy, then somehow our consciousness must be aware of entropy. Um, and you'd say, okay, that's not that far-fetched. But then, for instance, our refrigerator um, creates a low entropy environment. So if I stick my head in my fridge, <laughs> time should seem like it's running backwards. But oh, it, it doesn't. It, 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 yeah, it'll feel like something. Well, uh, it depends what's inside your fridge. Right. right? I mean, if you've, got a, if you've got a fridge full of beer and you lock yourself in and right. you drink all the beer, you will feel weird, right? <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but you'll still know uh, the difference between present and past. Ah, right. Okay. So, so this suggests some limitation to the idea that entropy is the only, um, is the only sense is the only thing that determines an arrow of time. So, we're saying entropy is not good for well, it's, it's unclear. This this yeah. is a this yeah. is a radically uncertain issue and a, and a live 
field of research in physics too, right. um, is can you find a reason for time to run in only one direction? Um, and and so the, along with the the fridge example, there's lots of other problems. Like there's this thought experiment called Maxwell's Demon, yeah. um, which is another way to try to get around the entropy problem. Um, and I don't think I can do Maxwell's Demon without drawing a picture, so I'm not gonna not gonna try. But uh, but everybody let, can look it up. Let's put a plug in there for yeah your book, which is oh Huxley's Church and Maxwell's Demon. Yeah, right. that's right. You can read some of this stuff if you are so inclined. Yeah, by Matt Stanley from MIT Press. If time were running backwards, our brains would be running backwards. We we're like fish in what is it? Fish in the fish aren't aware of the water or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So if if our brains are purely mechanical devices, that is, they're they're made of atoms that behave like the pool balls, um, then we would not notice anything unusual. Because we would, our, our brains would follow the laws of nature as our brains understood them, so would not find anything unusual. So, just the world we lived in would be one in which eggs unscramble themselves and cream comes out of coffee. But since that would always be our experience, it would be no big deal. But however, yeah, we would be aging backwards or something, right? Yep, that's Benjamin right. But Button that would or... seem perfectly that would seem perfectly normal. Right. We would have That's some yeah. somebody would have written down laws of metabolism um, in which, uh, you know, it spontaneously disassembles itself into oxygen and glucose and things. And that would be fine. Right. Um, but the but it seems like that can't be the case because our brains do not perceive the world in purely mechanical terms. So why is that? Is that a special property of our brains? Do we just uh, the one one solution is that our brains create an illusion of time passing, even though there's no physical property associated with it. Right? It just helps our brains function or something. Right. Or what? What I can um, see happening here also is the the, the real question is not uh, in, in that alternate universe where time is running quote backwards. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the opposite of the way we in this universe are experiencing time. Um, yeah. No one's aware of it because that's all we know. But the, the important thing would be in that universe, those people never see an, a counterexample. They, they never right. see time. So the question isn't, uh, can time run forward or backwards? Because even that notion, forward or backwards, as far as the people mm -hmm. in that universe are concerned, it's running forward. Yep, that's and, right. And they'd say see, that, you, that's what they mean by forward is that things happen in the normal way. Right. There's no way an egg Which, in in that universe. They're like, there's no way an egg is gonna suddenly explode. That's, that's, that's not that's how absurd, eggs work, right? Yeah, they come together. Yeah, it's the nature of eggs that they are formed from shards of calcium carbonate that, which, <laughs> that are laying around. Which we, in other words, we have breakfast and we barf out eggs, and mm -hmm. they yep. land on the frying pan. And then suddenly come together and then come up into our hands and form an egg that goes back into a little box that goes back into yep. our and fridge. And then you stack them in a carton and you carry them to the store, um, yeah. whereupon they are put into bigger boxes um, and put into trucks right. and carried out to farms and then inserted into chickens where the chickens absorb uh, the egg into their body. Um, and this all seems totally normal. Of course, there's an egg insertion industry. How could it be otherwise? And so <laughs> their question in that universe is not which came first, the chicken or the egg. It's which came last. Last. <laughs> the egg or the chicken. Wow. Um, 
so again, I want to stress that this all makes sense in a purely mechanical world. Um, and our brains, but our brains do not perceive the world in that way because we do see this arrow of time. So like I said, so one possibility that we're just wrong, right? It's an illusion. There's lots of things that we're wrong about. Um, and then another possibility is that there is some property of the universe that we can call time that our conscious minds are able to perceive, but is not included in our laws of physics, Oh, you know, you just unveiled something that I guess has been lying there the entire time, but just yeah. erupted on the surface for me, which is mm-hmm. what is time? We don't even know what time is. That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. So Newton's solution to this ah. was just to say that um, God decrees that there is a thing called time that we can perceive that marches forward regardless. It, ah. is, it is God's pocket watch. Um, and the reason time moves as it does is because it is a concrete, absolute entity that does this thing. Uh, I feel so but much better. But then Einstein comes along oh, and darn. says, yeah. well, no, right? There are circumstances in which these properties of time can be distorted and changed, and there is not any absolute time. So once Einstein gets done messing with that, then we get this, then we can't just... Um, we can't just declare time to be a transcendental category anymore. It has to be something else. Um, so then we're kind of, so then we're back to ground zero of what is this thing that we perceive as time? Is it real? Is it transcendental? Is it just a, a strange thing we project on reality? Um, and reality is something else. Um, we do not know. So there's, so philosophers work on this, physicists work on this, neuroscientists work on this. Um, uh, and it's not really clear what the answer is going to be. So the real what the if here is not what the if time we're running backwards. It's not as simple as that. It's what the if time could shift gears between forward and reverse. Uh, that would be something entirely, yes, <laughs> entirely different, right? And yet we would still not be able to to be aware of that, I'm guessing, because we are tied up in time. You see, that's exactly right. What if time ran backwards? Assumes that uh, we are able to perceive this difference between some new flow of time and the original flow of time with scare quotes around original. Um, But likely, we would simply experience it as this new way and not certainly this is what relativity suggests is that you yourself never notice anything different as Ah. time becomes distorted it's only when you compare your clock to somebody else that then things begin to look weird so if my clock if i could reverse time for me but not for you then we would really notice something different because at breakfast I would keep cracking eggs and you would keep reassembling them. Barfing them. And we'd, each, we'd each be be like, what's wrong with you? Yes. Just, just eat your egg or vomit up your egg. Why are you not vomiting up your egg like everybody yes, else? Why aren't you vomiting? What is wrong with you? We haven't even talked so about what happens uh, at late. You know, the, the, the whole digestive sit up. Uh, is extremely disgusting. Really, yeah. just a mess. Uh, and boy, we yeah. would be aware of that. So <laughs> what, what even deeper is not, okay, so therefore we say, well, no, in fact, what the if time could shift backwards and forwards still 
is not something we would be aware of. So there's nothing weird about it. Uh, yeah, in that world, the podcast <laughs> plays backwards and and so forth. And the, uh, Micah has a, a finger puppet on that he suddenly it suddenly flies off his hand into the mail back to the unemployed philosophers guild. Then That's like right. yeah, you know, he's sending you a finger puppet, right? Which would be which would be <laughs> ridiculous. Right? Of course, yeah. the universe doesn't work that way. So the real question is, uh, um, and it's one of my favorite stories or things in a story uh, is the the magnificent book, The Once and Future King. Uh, oh, yes. Right. The story mm -hmm. of King Arthur as written. I, who, the author is the author is very famous. And I don't know. Uh, White, I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Once and Future King. And in there uh, is the character Merlin. We're all aware of the, the kind of wizard mentor of the young King Arthur the young boy, Arthur. And yet, in that book, <laughs> Merlin is living backwards through time. Right. And it's... That book is... Not, I wouldn't call that book hard science fiction. So he doesn't... Uh, no, I say it's fantasy. Yeah, he doesn't go into great detail about how that affects things. It simply means that Merlin... It, for the purposes of that book, it simply means, oh, Merlin can tell Arthur things that are going to happen. But he's also aging backwards, and he's mm -hmm. literally experiencing time backwards. So the book is the book is told from the point of view of Arthur and everyone else in the world. It's not told through the point of view of Merlin. That would be That's trippy. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. there would be. But Merlin, I should say. Um, so Merlin seems like an amazing figure because he is telling stories that already happened to him, but they seem like the future to everybody else. Oh. Oh, right? cool. Yeah. But, but I want to stress that that Arthur could do the same thing because Arthur's past is Merlin's future. So huh. it's just that it's just that Merlin caught on to the distinction before everybody else. And he's like, ah, oh, I can totally make a buck off this. <laughs> uh, whereas, That's how he can afford whereas, those fine, that beautiful yeah. cone shaped hat with the moons and stars. That's right. How else are you going to get the money to support yourself in proper wizardly style? Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's the comparison of time between people who have different senses of time that would actually generate the weird thing. Right. And what's even um, more complicated there with just, just a, one more thing about that Merlin example is that Merlin is able to speak to Arthur normally. So speak, he speaks that's right. yeah, forward. So, that's right. so Merlin, Merlin has mastered the uh the david lynch scene yeah of talking backwards right. yeah which is totally doable right i mean it's like da vinci writing right to left um this is just uh this is just whatever you're used to and right. you discover that so if you and your friend both learn how to write backwards you can communicate fine but then when your social studies teacher looks over your shoulder and says what are you guys doing that's when uh something unusual happens, right? Like, oh, yeah, this is weird, isn't it? I actually, I realized, so for Merlin, his actually, his experience of things is his entire, everything he's experiencing is running backwards. And so yeah. the weird, like this, we talk, keep talking about David Lynch and uh, um, Twin Peaks, uh, this guy talks backwards. And it, when you play things backwards, like if when I we listen to that Pink Floyd tape that was playing backwards, or you listen to the these bizarre um, characters speaking backwards in David Lynch, mm -hmm. they're, is a weird sound to it, you know. And but that's how Merlin experiences everything. And so, of course, he's used to talking. That isn't strange. What's strange to him mm -hmm. is the sound of 
No, no. For him, everything. Yeah, it's crazy. No, it's, it's totally normal. That's yeah. just how things are. That's right. right. He just realizes that he needs to talk in what seems to him a backwards manner so everybody else can understand him. So for him, yeah. David Lynch is a documentarian chronicling oh, yeah. life as it is. <laughs> That's right, which is which is unsettling in a yeah. whole other way. So that can be next week's If. What yeah. if you lived in a David Lynch movie? Oh, um, that's fantastic. Yeah, all right. So um, the answer is you wouldn't be aware of it. And therefore, right now, you mm-hmm. are experiencing time backwards. Yeah, that's right. Whether you know it or not. Yeah, backwards is uh, in the eye of the you hold it. Wow. Okay. So, so, um, how does this leave you feeling? What's your takeaway? Oh, um, I think the a little bit of thinking about time always leaves me with the sense that there are some deep, profound things about the universe that we simply do not understand yet. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of interesting work to be done out there by people who are willing to to work in this kind of boundary area between philosophy and physics and neuroscience. Um, that that's a place where there are still really profound things to do. Right. Actually. Right. Okay. And Micah, a neuroscientist, a neuroscience student at New York University. Right. A big part of this experience of time take as we said takes place in the brains. So there's neuroscience uh, involved there. Um, wow, totally trippy. This thing that we are in the modern world completely enslaved to mm-hmm. time. We don't even know what it is. Yeah. Time is the puppet master. And that is why, Micah, you will be receiving a finger puppet of a great scientist or science fiction character. How does that sound to you? Sounds great. Thank you. <laughs> From the Unemployed Philosophers Guild at philosophersguild.com. And all of you listening, you can have your own finger puppet or anything that they sell. They are fans of our show. And if you go to philosophersguild.com, use the coupon code WTIF, you get 10% off anything in the store. Um, So that's wonderful. Uh, uh, Thinking of time going forward, uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug about the future? Or do you have anything to tell us that's already happened that we're... (laughs) (laughs) Um, trying to think. No, I don't think I have. I don't think I have anything imminent. Oh, but I did actually. Maybe this is a, a, a good example of this. I gave a talk at the Black Hole Initiative at Harvard um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and they'll be putting that up online soon if anybody wants to to watch that. So that is both in the past and in the future simultaneously. Or, or in the black hole, time is stopped. And that's right. In which case, you'll never be able to access it. So. The, the fact that Harvard has something called the Black Hole Initiative makes me a little mm-hmm. nervous. Yeah, I was a little nervous when I got into the elevator um, and the, the elevator button was just labeled Black Hole. Like, I don't want to push a button that's just labeled Black Hole. <laughs> that, that is brilliant. not going to end well for anybody. Not that there isn't great science going on at Harvard, but... My, my in my sense is if Harvard is more about the humanities in general, then that's just a philosophical black hole. Oh uh, well, that's yeah, that's certainly Princeton would say that. Yes. 
one thing I do know that's that's coming backwards from the future or that is in our future coming up ahead is we are going to start doing live uh, shows. So yeah. uh, there'll be more about that coming up. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can go to our website, whattheif.com, and find all our shows. Our wonderful new staff members are starting to add a little bit more research material, a little bit more background material, some show notes to our episodes. And uh, you're welcome to send in something if you have something you feel like, hey, you should add this to the page. Sure. Or you just have and any send thoughts. send us your ifs, too. And yeah. send us your ifs. Feedback at whattheif.com or just go to the website, whattheif.com, and uh, click on contact. On Twitter, we're whattheifshow. And we're also on Facebook, What The If. So uh, we don't know what's coming. Uh, We do not have Merlin here to give us any advice. And so imagining all the potential ifs that are coming our way, hurled toward us by the evil wizards and black holes and all kinds of mischievous forces in the universe, um, we don't know what the if will be next week. And this causes us to become very nervous And so, if you've listened before, you know this ritual. If you haven't, you're about to have your mind blown. Because what happens is, we cannot help but scream, What What the...